0: It's all about hot, badass, nasty speed. I mean, that's how you got to play the game of hockey.
1: Pack Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask.
0: What up? What is happening? How is your day? I'm alongside my buddy John Supan. I'm Ryan Collins. Welcome you into another episode of Behind the Mask. Only podcast dedicated to Michigan State hockey and Big Ten hockey.
1: Johnny, what's up? Not much, man. Uh, Michigan State at a bye week. It's been like forever since they played. It feels like it does, yeah. Um, but they have a weekend coming up, a very important one to maybe yeah. not hang themselves over in the seventh spot for coming up for these uh, playoffs. But I think they got a big weekend ahead of them, so I'm excited. Uh,
0: yeah, I hate to be a guy who complains about the weather because it's so weak and annoying, and I feel like every podcasts or like radio show I hear say oh let's talk about the weather for the first five minutes and like that but like Hmm. I'm getting tired of the sludge like I don't care about the weather but when I'm walking and it's like sludgy and I have to wear my boots every day my ankles start to hurt a little bit I'm not a slip every other step. yeah yeah it's I'm not a fan of that like just snow every day. It's not, no, it's not even the yeah. weather. Like, salt. Like, just get the salt out, maybe. I don't know. That's... Well, do
1: you drive, Collins? No, I don't. I yeah, walk well, that's everywhere. that's problem. Do, do you drive? Uh, not really. Half and yeah. half. I mean, I'm, I... I enjoy a nice, brisk walk every once in a while. Cause... A nice, brisk walk. Well, I that's mean... what you get here every time you walk outside. It's always uh, yeah. windy or something. Yeah, definitely. With all these high-rises coming up at MSU now. They're yeah. They're creating I mean, some big wind tunnels. It's becoming Ann Arbor, like... What well,
0: is Ann Arbor north or south of... East Lansing. I think it's brilliant. South. Or is it it's a West. I'm south. not a direction guy. Journalism major over here, so not my expertise, as you can say. But as you mentioned, Michigan State currently in the seventh spot in the Big Ten standings. Usually we would kind of talk about what happened last weekend for Michigan State. Since they're off, let's just kind of dive right into the Big Ten standings since yeah, this weekend right is probably this weekend's an important series for Michigan State. Uh, and it for a lot of Michigan State fans, I think – They want to see a scenario happen if they could play their rivals again in a three-game set in the quarterfinals, which is very possible. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Let's look at Sandy's. I mean, last weekend, Ohio State clinches the Big Ten title basically on an overtime winner in Yost Arena. It it was a pretty cool moment to see them win their first Big Ten title the way they did in OT. It was pretty cool at their rival's. I mean, away or in. It, it was cool to see that. And then at second, you got Minnesota with 36 points. Third, Michigan with 34, who picked up four points that weekend against Ohio State at Yost, but wasn't really enough to push them over the edge of Minnesota. Notre Dame, 34 points. Penn State, 32 points. Wisconsin, 28 emission say twenty seven. And everybody plays this week in the bit ten, except who, John. Minnesota.
1: Minnesota. And Minnesota is hanging at that two spot like you just said, but they're not going to be there come next week. I think you'll see them down at four, possibly five. So, I don't know where I see these guys at. I,
0: I mean, me and John are not going to be here next week, unfortunately, do the sprint break. break. And I I I really like it kind of
1: sucks the way it's timed because it's the most important part of the year for us. They, right? I
0: mean, they, I mean, we could do a deep dive into like the bracket and like what it all means, but the way the conference is kind of set up right now, yeah, Notre Dame and Penn State playing each other, two points like away from each other. Notre Dame and Michigan are tied for third, so I mean, it'll be there's a lot of mismatch. Michigan State could hop Wisconsin, so you don't really understand the matchups right now. But John, out of all these teams, what? First quarterfinal matchup would intrigue you the most? Hmm. Um, I'd have to say. Uh, Either the Mission and Mission State, because I think yeah. that
1: would be the most intriguing yeah, we, for everyone in we, the big We won't time. go cliche with it here. Yeah. I'm thinking Penn State,
0: Notre Dame. I, I, I would have to agree with you because the contrasting styles. Yeah. I, I, I don't know Evan Barrett's status. I'm going to look that up right now. But I mean, the way that Penn State team goes offensively, the way, like, I love how like Brandon Byron plays. I love how their def- defensemen play Malari, and they got they got draft pits on that back end. Yeah. So and, and and I trust Payne Jones to like be able to come up with a good performance, but you look at Notre Dame the style they play with Bobby Nardella, Cal Morris. I mean they're one of the best defensive teams in the entire
1: country. So and they're both well coached. They yes. both are on the top twenty list for the uh was it U S H O Yes. Rankings, and yeah. And quite frankly, they deserve to be because they're pretty good at everything they do. I say Penn State's just good at putting pucks on net and getting down low and just being gritty the entire time, and Notre Dame is good at keeping pucks out of their net, and at the same time, when they got great coaches, both of them. Guy Godowski, I'm not sure Notre Dame's coach, uh, Jackson. His last name's Jackson, but I'm not sure of his first name. But Look it up. We got time. We do got time, uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's a very intriguing matchup. I'd also... Like to see, I would be intrigued to see if Wisconsin and Michigan get paired up, depending on what happens this weekend. Yeah,
0: I, I that would but, be interesting.
1: But, they, but Donado, they both but they both coach. play each other this week. We got Wisconsin and Michigan and Notre Dame and Penn State. So I know, if they both find themselves, you know, paired up to each other come first round of the playoffs, that's interesting. It's five games in a row that you yeah. just play with these teams. So I I,
0: I think Minnesota Wisconsin would be also interesting because you got that rivalry there and. I I mean, the way Minnesota's kind of played this year, they've kind of been really inconsistent. They go out on the road and sweep Ohio State, and then they basically can't like touch Michigan State at MUN. So yeah, I mean, they're, they're they weird. they vary they vary. But I think Wisconsin Minnesota would bring a good little buzz. Good two good coaches, Bob Motzko and Tony Granato there that, for each team. But that that is a good point though. I mean, you see Notre Dame and Penn State. That's a that's a matchup that would basically be happening because because if
1: that happens then anything could happen come that three game series because you just studied the film the whole week for this team you're
0: possibly playing them five times in exactly
1: a row. so then there's you might outskill an opponent but it just depends on how often you play them and if you study them properly you, you could beat anybody if you play them five games in a row you could beat anybody if
0: you're used to the old ccha format and different things that the Bid 10 did where they did a bid tournament at a NHL venue. What, since the Bid 10 conference added Notre Dame a couple of years ago, they decided to go to a, more of a playoff format. And it starts out with the quarterfinals. The first team that bid 10 out of seven, which is Ohio State, will get a bye, and then the rest is just seeded as the higher seed. So it would be two play seven, mm-hmm. and then three play six, and, and et cetera. And it's a three-game quarterfinals, like a of best-of-three series. And then the semifinals would be the next weekend. That's only one game, and then the finals are one game too. Yeah. And the higher seed will always get the home ice advantage. So See,
1: I I would do you like that? I don't that? know if I like that because if, if you're Ohio State, you gotta like think it, about actually. it. This okay? Yeah, I like it. If you're not the first seed, the first seed, you get one game. You get a bye week. You haven't been on the ice to play a game in a, that whole week. And then you just get thrown into a cold. Yes, you do have home ice advantage. That is a huge key in order to win games, especially if you're Ohio State. But at the same time, you're cold. These other teams are coming. Maybe, maybe you're better rested in a way. I'm yeah, I sure. mean, you're definitely better rested. Pros I mean, and cons to each side. Like,
0: like say Ohio State. The thing that it's kind of convoluted about the big time. I mean, say Ohio State gets a team coming off a three game series, and they it, there's OTs in all three. Yep, that, that definitely favors them having a team that's kind of up coming into Value City, but you look at—I don't know—I I mean, old CCHA—they would always the conference like tournament would always kind of accumulate at Joe Lewis. The way the Big Ten did it the first couple of years when they had six teams, I—I I personally thought it was kind of exciting when the first one they had at, at Cell Center. I mean, I—I I didn't really understand when they brought it to Joe Lewis and other places because it wasn't as successful and the attendance was not what they were hoping. But if they kind of fluctuated this, the like the tournament idea, I understand it's hard with seven teams. I think it could have worked if it was from the Xcel Center to the United Center, because mm-hmm. I think you got the Minnesota, which is a hockey crazy state, and then you United Center, you just have basically every single Big Ten alum. There's a pretty yeah, they big, all yeah, to Chicago. Yeah, there's a pretty big base there. So you know? for all of them. So I I, I don't know. If this is the proper way, I think as the Big Ten grows, which I think it will, with possibly the expansion of Illinois and maybe other teams, I I could see Rutgers eventually—not in the next ten years, but eventually getting into the mix. But Hmm. I I think I would love to see that. I think as the conference grows, this will be a better format because I think it's just kind of a weird where the top team gets a bye and they could possibly only play one game in playoffs. Yeah, they really
1: don't know how to – I don't know if they know how to do it yet. They're just trying to figure something out. We'll see after this year. Attendance
0: was definitely an issue that was brought up, I know, by Jim Delaney, and I think that's probably why they went to this format. But looking at the matchups, I think the Michigan-Mission State one at Yost would be really intriguing. Notre Dame hosting Penn State would be intriguing too. But say Penn State flips it. I mean, they're only two games away. They played this weekend. I mean, it, this is it,
1: what's so great about this hockey right now. The Big Ten is so interesting. It's one. Of, it's got to be the most interesting conference in all of college hockey right now. Oh, for sure. Because I, it's so close. It's awesome that every team is about two points away from each other. And this week, it comes down to this last weekend, which it, is great. Yeah.
0: Penn State travels to Notre Dame this weekend, so that's going to be tough for them to pick up four points at least. Uh, it, I don't know how the tiebreaker – It goes by win percentage, but, I mean, obviously Penn State doesn't have the same win percentage as Notre Dame right now. Does it go to -to head-to-head,
1: too, at first?
0: I don't think it does because Michigan has a better winning percentage. They have 5.23 because they've won a couple games in shootouts compared to Notre Mm -hmm. Dame. So they have 5.23 win percentage, and Notre Dame's 500, so with the same amount of pointage. So, I mean— I mean, Michigan this weekend—they have a bit series. They can't drop the ball against Wisconsin after having a really nice weekend. I mean, they go to Wisconsin playing on that Olympic-like type sheet is is hard for anyone to adjust to. Yes, especially playing in like the short corners are usual
1: or like in college hockey spreads it out, and there's a lot more room for error too because there's a lot of different spots where wingers can hide out and they can extend farther. Yeah. The D doesn't really see that far, and it's harder to. It's to change too. What? Second period changes during an Olympic when you're on yeah. an Olympic sheet. Oh man, they are what's the What's the Have you played on Olympic sheet? Yeah, yeah, I have. Trump, is it brutal? It's not. It's not brutal. It's a different game though. It just opens the ice like maybe 40 feet wider. Yeah. than the other one. Which I mean, the NHL type rink is. It's cool. I mean, it's it's a little more concise where things are you know kept in yes kept in huddle a little bit more, but. Yeah, I, I I'd I'd rather play an NHL sheet than a
0: funny story, Olympic I sheet. was uh it was like one of the first games I ever did play by play for and like broadcasted and it was our my high school Notre Dame prep versus Walled Lake Western and it was their playoff game. They hadn't played on an Olympic Sheet all year and they played on an Olympic Sheet. It was kind of weird wow. for like a regional game. But it, I mean it was exciting. It was like seven to six. Like it was a good game, so I mean it does open up the ice a little you, bit. You
1: get more, you get tired quicker too. Yes, there's more room to skate on the ice. The puck can go way more, way more cra- crazier during those times. But I mean, focusing on Michigan State, they got to take
0: on Ohio State. And Michigan State only trailing Wisconsin by a point. Realistically, this weekend probably at least needs to get four points to have mm-hmm. any chance.
1: Yep, because I. Cause agree I, with you.
0: I I know Michigan needs it this weekend, but I don't expect Michigan to go in to Madison and get all six points.
1: Yeah, well, I would expect
0: Wisconsin to get at least three there. I mean, I think they get back DeAndre Miller, who's a big piece of that Wisconsin team. I know he's coming, they said he's coming back this year, so I'd assume he's coming back this weekend, which is a big piece. I, I mean, Michigan's been nice recently. They really have been, but I, I, I would expect Michigan to at least. I, I I just want each team to get three points this weekend. So Michigan State realistically has to get four points as they travel to Value City.
1: Yeah, that that's gonna be tough. And even if they do, they're only gonna get to thirty-one points, which will only get them to that six spot. I only move them up one.
0: Yeah. So they I, really,
1: they need six. I don't know how that's gonna happen. But hey, prove me wrong. I would love to see Tara Horosi's campaign for the Hobie Baker just keep growing. And that KHL line is definitely a huge weapon that yeah. that Dan Cole can use, but it only gets you so far. That you need that secondary pressure that's been brought up at, in the Penn State weekend. They did a real good job of that, and that needs to continue going into I, this weekend.
0: I hate to be that guy, but it's
1: Taro. Yeah, what do I say, Tarot? Yeah, come on, bro. Oh yeah, you're great at names too, huh? <laughs> Stahoviac. Yeah, I still I got that one that. on
0: you. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no. I hate to be that guy, but that's actually true. I don't think I've gotten Stahoviac's <laughs> name right once this whole entire year. So Tar, let's look I'll into Ohio. At S- at. Look, yeah, let's look at Ohio State, led by Mason Joe, senior forward, been there for all the battles at Ohio State. Guy's a complete weapon. He's a complete beast, and the end of the year, he's at 36 points, leads the team in goals with 17. This team, I, I mean, they, were, they were, for about four weeks, they were the best team in college hockey. And I think the new dimension that a lot of people didn't see this year is sophomore Tommy Napier becoming a star. I mean, .937 save percentage. That's elite. That's, um, yeah. that's incredible. So for him to give them that has been a really nice little thing for them. But going into this weekend, do you think they give Tommy Napier a little rest? or I I, I He's definitely going to get one I dart. would. I, I, I would. I, I would expect him to play the senior Sean Romero. Uh, Romeo? Ro- Romeo. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I I, I how would do I do get do... Romeo around? Just as I've got <laughs> Davey Kraft or name right? It's um, Yeah, yeah
1: I, I think that if they're smart, they had a little bit of a brain, they would keep Tommy Napier on the bench. I think to – um, you know i don't know I mean, maybe, it, maybe split them maybe romeo's split not him. even
0: that bad either He's at a 0.904 save percentage which is like the equivalent to what michigan state's down out of their two goaltenders this year
1: yeah I, I guess i would just have to ask the coaching staff like what is your plan if you want to keep tommy napier healthy and keep him you know on his toes for this by you know they got a bye week yeah. so they're going to be resting these goalies no matter who it is for a whole week but it just comes down to if you want to either get him more exposure these next two games, or do you want to sit him? What's your, what's your game plan as a coach, you know? As a co-
0: I mean, if I'm Ohio State's coach, Sean Romeos then get the nod as a senior. I'm assuming he'll get the nod on senior night since they already got the Big Ten wrapped up. Yeah. So I, I think that could be a possible break for the Spartans only having to see Napier once, as they need probably four points this weekend. So, I mean, looking at Ohio State, though, it it's been pretty incredible, like the – they kind of started out slower than a lot of people thought, but once conference play is going, they've been absolutely. I mean, they're twelve sets in four in conference play.
1: That's fantastic. I 19, mean, that's, eight and five overall. That's yeah. great, man.
0: You look at their the craziest stat to me is you look at their home record. They're better away from Value City than at home. They're nine and six, and they're twelve. And when they're away from Columbus, ten two and five. Wow, that's How? crazy. That's crazy it's also crazy the disparity of home and away eh, that is like it's that same i'm an idiot i don't know why i said that but it's okay. uh, yeah it's all right never mind it's all right but i think when you look at this ohio state team you got to get off to a fast start against these guys mm-hmm. because when you look at the after one you statistics after one statistics i love looking at because when they're up after one period they're eight two and three when they're down, when they're down after one period, oh four and one. I love looking at statistics like that.
1: Oh yeah, and we used it to tells do that you a lot.
0: Yeah, it, t- it tells you a ton. You can't get behind. It Gives
1: you your game plan. If you're Dan Cole, yeah, you score jump. right away. Put that KHL line out there three times in a row. Don't. Even I mean, let he him get he, off he does that.
0: He'll do that regardless. But well, also, keep the doors closed. Also, Don't let him
1: get on the bench.
0: Dan Cole this week in his press conference when he was asked the questions. A question about how the Munn renovation, like the ten million to fifteen dollar, like uh facelift in the front of Mun, like ice oh, is gonna help them. He's like, it's not when we're going it's not if we're gonna win a national title. It's when. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that confidence from the Spartans coach, but like, come on, dude, that was so cliche. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, come you, on, Dan.
1: Maybe they gave him. A Do you think Dan actually one? believes
0: they're gonna win a national title? Like, I, I, I think in his heart of hearts, he thinks he could get this program back to the level where they're winning Bid 10 titles. Yeah,
1: well, he's he's been a winner. He's already proved that he's been a winner. He can hoist the Stanley Cup at Ricks. I mean, yeah, come on. You're, come on, you're a winner lit, here, yeah, at maybe, least. So, $2 you know,
0: Long Islands. Let's go. Yeah,
1: you, you know, yeah. I, I think Dan Cole is definitely thinking that his program could be a winner. He's come a long way in two years, and it's... Re- I I could see it, and I'm a college yeah. kid right now. I could see that there's definitely some change. I don't know if they can... I mean, they're still... Right now, bottom of the Big Ten, even though yes. they're still at that number seven spot, they've came a long, long way. So it, they yeah. might. I mean, and then you
0: look at this. I I think this is a testament to a really good team. And like I said, I like looking at the after first period, after second period statistics to see how the team's energy is when they're tied going into the going into the third period. They're six three and one. That's just a testament of a good team and experienced team that can finish. Yes,
1: and a I team think that can finish goes a long way.
0: Yeah, and like Michigan State is struggled with that you looked at Notre Dame earlier in the season not being able to get the job done I think the only really time that really happened where they kind of cashed in was when they did play Ohio State when they were down three goals with five minutes left
1: yeah yeah well it just it depends there's a lot of lulls that can happen during hockey and there's a lot of highs that can happen during a game so um uh, coming into this weekend I think Dan Cole's just got to put just Keep the pressure going right from the puck drop and do not stop, or you're not going to win a game.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think you're going this weekend. We talked about this a lot, a lot last weekend on the pod about if Drew DeRitter. I think Drew DeRitter will probably get two starts this weekend. I would assume that. I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think
1: Letheman got his time uh, against Penn State. And and I think that maybe he, uh, he, well, he put up his best game as a Spartan with 44 saves, I think, that first night on Friday. Yes. That's his that's his career high. Yes. So um, I, I don't I think I don't that, know what you yeah. do though. I don't so, know. I don't know. So coming
0: away from this, I we can do a little bit of predictions. I, I generally I actually see the Spartans being able to pick up four points this weekend. I don't under, Four? Yeah, but the bit ten's so unpredictable. unpredict I mean predictable. Unpredictable. What am I saying? I just gave John Thoughts Craffer, are jumbled. Yeah. I just gave John Pratt for saying tar you like not saying you have already and yeah. And the host of the show is just completely messing up everything he comes out of his mouth. Right. So that's brutal on my part. They'll come up in the course. I mean, the course, the podcast grade. What
1: is... All right, let's just go to the standings. Yeah, let's,
0: Yeah, I mean, we already looked at the standings, but...
1: where? Where? Were the, what are you going to see or what are what you hoping I, what, to see? What
0: I was trying to say is the bid 10 is so unpredictable. Even if Michigan State gets four points, like I think they're going to have to... Something will happen where Wisconsin maybe sweeps Michigan or something. So I, I see Michigan State staying in that seven spot and either facing Minnesota or Michigan.
1: Yeah, I I'd, I'd agree with you. I or think Notre, gonna, Dame. I think Notre Dame's right there.
0: Notre Dame's right there, too. Let's not count them out. So, I, th-
1: I think they're going to split, and I think Michigan will be playing Michigan State the first round. Out of those three teams, who do you
0: think Michigan State wants
1: to see the most? Hmm. Not so, Michigan State fans, Michigan State hockey team. So, I I think as a as that team, you're probably gonna want to see Penn State. No, you can't see Penn State. I mean, no, Notre so Dame, Minnesota, Notre, Notre, Dame, Notre Dame, Dame, Michigan. Yeah, I'd say Minnesota. Yeah, obviously, definitely. I mean, I, I, you if, swept them earlier in the year. Honestly, I I thinking
0: maybe if you move up to the six, you might see them anyway. Yeah. So I I think that's the best case. I mean, you have three wins on them on the season. After they kind of got shelled in Minneapolis, a, a game over Thanksgiving, this team's been locked in. So I, I, I think this, uh, I mean, this team's been locked in against Minnesota. And Dan Cole obviously has something over Bob Mosto, two guys who coach in the USA program. So he he definitely has his number right now. So if I'm Michigan State, that's definitely something I want to yeah. do. and.
1: But but what I was saying is I I think that Michigan is going to bully Wisconsin this weekend. That's okay. just my personal opinion. And Michigan State's going to maybe get one game. They're not going to win on Senior Night at in Columbus. They're just not going to do it.
0: I, I I just go by the sense that maybe I don't know. They don't really care. The but Ohio they, State. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. They're already clinched. I mean. Yeah. It's so. Just, I don't know. It's it's that whole. It could be the whole. Oh, the Ohio State way of doing it, <laughs> or it could be hey. We're still a good hockey team. Let's show Michigan State and finish off this, you know, series. So, we okay. could go either way.
0: That's going to put a wrap on our Ten and Michigan State Hockey Talk. Last week, we kind of wanted to open up the Hobie Baker race and kind of talk about that a little bit since Taro Hirose is right in the midst. Leading, I think he's still leading the nation in assists. It's got to be pretty hard. Yeah, he is. One weekend off, I don't think it's possible to pick up 10 assists. So, I think, no, yeah. yeah, he's definitely still got those points and assist numbers. But we wanted to see, like, the history of the award and who it's going to. And if it's possible, if a guy like Taro Hiroshi who's not on the best team, maybe he's on like he's not going to be on a team that probably makes the NCAA tournament. Yeah. So, uh, we we are looking. Depends. Uh, yeah, depends. It does depend. But we're looking around to see. If guys like this have a chance at winning the Hobie Baker.
1: Yeah, well I'll tell you right now, the, <laughs> there's not been a Hobie Baker can or a Hobie Baker winner since two thousand ten from the Big Ten. And that was yeah. in Wisconsin. Blake Giofrian. Yeah. not how you pronounce his name. Yeah. And I
0: would, Wisconsin was, I don't even think the Big Ten was even a thin then. It it wasn't. For hockey? It wasn't. I think okay. it was yeah, it was still the CCHA and other stuff, but I mean, you look at the last. I mean, Michigan's last winner was in 2008, Kevin Porter. But you look down the list, and it all you see is a lot of guys from the East Coast and really elite programs. You go to Adam Dridat for Northeastern, who just lit it up for a team inside Boston, where the award is like given out yeah. and stuff. Yeah, Will Butcher on Denver. Denver's been a premier program for about two or three years. You see Jimmy Vesey really good player in NHL, really good for the New York Rangers. Now, went to Harvard, beat out Kyle Conner, who's on the Winnipeg Jets, went to Michigan, but, I mean, their numbers are comparable, but. Jack
1: Eichel, Johnny it, Goudreau, the next yeah, years.
0: Yeah, so you look, it's a lot of East Coast guys. Jack Eichel, Boston University, Johnny Goudreau, Boston College. And when you're seeing guys from, I mean, when you're seeing guys from the, the East, not the East Coast, from the Midwest or out West, Get the award. It's It's, not a
1: hockey region.
0: It's not. No, it's
1: it's Uh, on elite programs.
0: It's it's going to be tough for a guy, not necessarily on the best team, to win the award, if they're not a national title contender. It's just plain and simple. Yeah, I
1: mean mean, that just that shows a a different way of being a leader. You know, like Jack Eichel back when he was on Boston Boston University. Sorry, he he definitely led his team to a, a near national championship that year. I mean, they probably should
0: have won the national ta- championship. By home state in like, Providence country, people to win the Hobie Baker. Are you ready? Yeah. Over under seven and a half people from Minnesota won the Hobie Baker. <laughs>
1: um, over. That is correct.
0: Nine people from Minnesota. Have won it? Yep. Okay. From the state of Michigan. This is
1: where they're from. How, over under three and a half. Ooh, um, oh, I'm just gonna go with the trend of your voice. Three are under. Let's go under. Nope,
0: four over. Taro hmm. From Taro horosi is from, I believe, Calgary. Uh, yeah, Calgary. Which is is that in BC? Alberta. Is it? Yep. Yep. Well, never mind. <laughs> they're at they're how over under one and a half that have won in from, from Alberta.
1: A, uh under.
0: There's been one, so
1: okay. so it's and hopefully there'll be two. Yeah, so I mean,
0: not really a track record there. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. U.S. Ho best like hockey website in like the entire country. I I like the way they do it, where they basically this like I don't know. They kind of divide it and show you years by years. Michigan mm-hmm. State in fourth place with the most Hobie Baker winners, tied with tied with like I think six teams, got including two. Michigan. Mission State they got two, I think Ryan Miller
1: and Kip Miller,
0: yeah, so I mean Ryan two Miller is
1: not related by the way Ryan folks.
0: Miller's only two goalies have ever won it, and he's one of them that's pretty impressive,
1: no, well, you can see how dominant he is yeah, I mean, he's in the N h l now and he's awesome,
0: yeah so twenty twenty nine forwards have won it, and seven defensemen, and looking at the numbers around the country john i I'm trying to pick out a name that kind of rivals what Hirose's done for his team. I mean, we haven't watched what her, like what other guys have done for their team. I haven't paid attention to any yeah.
1: East Coast teams. I'm yes, just going to be honest with agree. you. we yeah. have been too you... absorbed in the Big Ten bubble right now. Yeah, I would agree. If we're going to stay in our Big Ten bubble, then I'm going to go with Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes, I, I see that. Or Yoast. I don't or think Yopes Michigan or... has been
0: as dominant as people thought with Quinn Hughes, and losing Josh Norris has been a big problem for yeah. them. So I, I I'm trying to find one. I think it's going to be, excuse me, someone from a team that's this top team in the country. So I'm trying to look it up right now. We're like try you try and find another candidate against you know what I'm saying against Star yeah, no. that you could see
1: winning the award. Yeah, and I think that plays into the selection process pretty largely. Like St. Cloud State, Massachusetts, Minnesota Duluth. You're not going to hear any of these guys like. You know, I mean, they're that's all they do is play hockey at their school. Like that's their school is meant to play hockey. Most of them, most of those schools out there. So that's why those recruits are usually shadowed because they're not the talk of the town. You know, they're just another hockey player there. But then they they do something spectacular, and man, Saint Cloud State is up number one. I mean, that's twenty three and four. There's Hobie
0: Bakers that have came from Saint Cloud State, so it's possible. But, yeah, that's pretty – I mean, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, it's not – this year it's not the historic like programs as you've seen. Ohio State's not that historic of a program. Like, M- UMass Amherst is not historic. They've historically been beaten up by those teams in the Boston area and especially in hockey east. Mm-hmm. So and it, there's a lot of turnover in college hockey, and then you got those three Minnesota teams that are just unbelievable. I'm trying to find the rankings right now. So, I could find a guy on the, one of the top teams in the country. So, John, can you yeah, I'll fill, fill some airtime fill, fill air as a good co host? Yeah, a good. Uh, so, how's your day? I'm, I'm it's, kidding. I, I'm kidding. But it's good. When you look at Taro Hirose, like what, what makes him. I get that he has the stats there, but do you think his impact on the ice is the best in the country necessarily?
1: Um, I, I don't I know, know. Like we I, said,
0: we haven't really. Yeah, You've it's seen it's, everyone, it's but it's tough like to co- call. comparing to a guy like Quinn Hughes.
1: Yeah, I think they definitely, just by seeing their, I don't know, demeanors, I would say that Taro horosi has got a completely different one than Quinn Hughes. Not Nothing against Quinn Hughes or anything, I'm just saying. Uh, I think Taro's a little more, um, I don't know really what the word is, kind of like, I uh, oh, hmm. can't find the word. It's, he's just kind of like to himself, collected, yeah. I'd say, a little more than Quinn Hughes is. Um, but I I wouldn't say that that would separate him at by any means from getting the award. I just think that his play is his play on the ice has definitely been something that you you can't turn a blind eye to. That is one of the best performances by a forward in the entire country. And yeah. regardless of his team's winning right now, I say he is specifically one of the best score or point scorers in the nation. Okay, you can't I've, give you yeah. can't refute that. Yeah, for sure, you definitely
0: can't. I found a couple options and names that I think that kind of go with the category of like what the Heisman is. It's usually the best player on the best team. And and so Massachusetts number two in the country currently. I, I mean, you look at a name like Jacob Pritchard senior from the Massachusetts area, which is always a help on a historically not historic team. I mean, guys, but 31 games has 37 points I mean, 103 shots on that, one of the best in the country in that aspect. 23 assists. Not leading, I mean, probably leading a team in on scoring, that's in for the number two team in the country, is pretty impressive. So I would I, I look at a name like that, maybe. Uh, looking at the list right now, St. Cloud State, they have a lot of like depth scoring, so you, I wouldn't see a Hobie Baker coming from them. Uh... They and do I, play
1: Western Michigan. Yeah,
0: coming up this weekend, which is a bit serious. Western's probably number best, ten, probably the best team in Michigan right yeah. now. Which oh, is, yeah, oh which is surprising. And I think the name I'm going to go with, which I probably am going to pronounce wrong, from Quinnipiac. What is it? How do you say that? That was awful. Um, you hmm. know what I'm saying? Q Quinnipiac. Yeah, Quinnipiac. That's definitely how you say it. They're number f- five in the country. I mean, they're usually not, they're good usually, but they're usually not this good. good. I think Chase they went for the national championship two yeah. years ago. Two I think three. Odin Tufto, forward sophomore, has got a good, real chance of 41 points and 1.28 points per game. I, I think he's had a really solid chance at uh, winning this Hobie Baker for a non-assort team. But I mean, as I'm looking at it, it's tough not to have Hiroshi in the top three. I mean, you look at mm-hmm. his points per game; it's one
1: point five six. The closest per game is yeah, the, up there too.
0: Yeah, the closest that anyone in the country is Ryan Kuffner at Princeton with one point four four. So I, it, it's gonna be tough to tough to not consider him, even though his team's not necessarily as good as the other guys in this conversation. So I, I thought that was a good little idea. The Update yeah. the listeners on what is kind of going on nationally with that race, and I got to learn some stuff too in the process. Yes, yeah,
1: and we need to we need to get a Google Doc every yeah, week. Y- I think, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, that's a hey,
0: that's, that's on me. That's no, no, it's not. That's my fault as the
1: host. I definitely should be doing that. Well, the problem is, it's just like if, if like we just thought about doing that. Sorry, Jern three hundred. Yeah, chill no, on me. There's there's a lot of uh, jumbled thoughts going through our heads during this last week before spring break oh. get everything Ooh. crammed in are you, and, are you going anywhere i uh, know i'm going back to crown point indiana baby oh nice you just uh applying for internships and oh yeah same i gotta do that, that jazz. i gotta
0: do that stuff
1: what's it called what was i say since you're
0: from indiana off the, cuff, off the record off the cuff this is random thinking you're a hockey guy yeah that's weird isn't it i feel like everyone in indiana mm. is a basketball guy
1: Yeah, for the most part, uh, since I'm close to the Chicagoland area, I kind of got a little influence from the Blackhawks growing up and... God, I hate the Blackhawks. Yeah, I know. On these I, I, I
0: hate Jonathan Taves. I just remember when. Why? Do you remember when Zetterberg just got in his like got in his head and he just turned play with him for that one game in the West Semis yeah. before we blew the three one lead? Yeah, you keep keep talking that trash, dude. You guys Six series, been great Brennan Smith. No wonder why you got freaking dummied by like by Chara the next year. Like Brendan Smith, another off the top of thing. I said this on a Motown rundown this year. The I mean, this week, God, I'm terrible with words. Guy was one of the most hit or miss players ever. Like that guy was, unbel- he was either unbelievable or he was hot garbage. So closing out on the Brendan Smith talk as we <laughs> uh, put in our fake doodle doc in our minds. That's gonna lead to the end of the show. I hope everyone has a good week off. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Hopefully, Michigan State is still playing. So we got. Some fun things to talk about, can't forget our show rankings
1: though oh can Oh, yep i not I' very great for me this week I,
0: I thought it was a good episode, really better I thought it was better than last week. Hmm. we went really on I th- so long that the server's timer's not up right now, but I don't know, I thought it was pretty good, not in many years other than me critiquing you on saying taro and then going on to. Have marbles in my mouth for about like six different times. <laughs> so, other than that, it was pretty good. I'll give it a B plus. I thought it was a good episode during go the
1: break. All right. What? What? You? You didn't give yours? Um, I'm gonna go C minus for me personally. I didn't Jeez. think that the thoughts were going off as clear today. So, we'll work on that over spring break. I, I disagree. If I humbly, well, yeah, humbly
0: disagree. So that's to do it for us. Follow WDBM Impact. They'll have coverage this weekend at Indiana. Yeah. mission Michigan State goes I'll to Indiana. I'll be down there. Are you going to the yeah, game? I'm not
1: going. Oh, I am mean, going to the game as a fan. Oh, okay. Going to assembly. So, have you yeah. been there before? I have. My sister graduated there last year. So oh, I, I heard that there. place is sick. Yeah, it's great, but I haven't seen a basketball game there, so, so it should be fun. Yeah, definitely. So
0: check out that this weekend. We're going to have live play-by-play. We're going to have people writing. It'll be really good content if you're in the Lansing area. But for me... John Supan, I'm Ryan Collins. Thank you for listening.
1: Peace out.